That's probably one of the craziest. Well, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say that considering what we've seen in round 15 and held this whole season. But we get a couple of huge upsets in round 16 with GWS knocking off the former top team in the league. And uh, oh boy, Richmond fans, this was just not a good last couple rounds for you guys. That's for damn sure. But ladies and gentlemen, this is. The fourth and long AFL breakdown. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the AFL correspondent, Coach Johnny Hess. Coach, how are we feeling after a uh, pretty good round of tipping for you? And, and I mean, especially for your city, Swans are really, really good round of footy. Five and four is above. Five and four is above average. Not 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 too bad. Well, it's better than the last I, round. Let's that's, that's for I, sure. I, I I will definitely agree on that. And just just some some. My upset call last week at the end of last podcast, man, <laughs> did it come true or what? I, oh I, I literally, boy! Round of applause I, for you. Yeah, I, I remember telling I remember telling a few people. I, I said I feel like Nostra, I feel like Nostradamus a little bit because two of the first three games, I put that caveat in each of the predictions. I went, don't be surprised, and two of the three, I was I was a little more accurate than I thought I would be. I, I, I have to three close to three out of three too. I know, place. and that. And that's and the scary part about it is the cats losing Jeremy Cameron is is, is definitely going to make their little road now after this a little bit more difficult mm -hmm. and man I watched that the, to all my West Coast f family and friends I feel so bad because that was one of those that <sighs> I was not expecting that legitimately not expect I was sitting in my in watching this game in shock because I I was not did not compute for a while I was I was excited the Swans played well. But I was a tad bit disappointed because I thought West Coast would play so much better than that. And th there are significant questions now. Can West Coast still make the finals? Because they, they're – I don't know what is wrong, and I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, that's uh, certainly not a fun question that you that you have to try to answer right now if you're a member of the West Coast Eagles organization. But real quick, before we give rock and roll into round 16, I know we just had the second best day of the year. Maybe we'll put that behind Christmas. We have Independence Day here in the States, and I hoped that all of our Aussie fa friends might have joined along the festivities because, I mean, we've both broken away from the British, so we both deserve to celebrate. And real quick, Donnie, I need, for, for the cameras at least, for the, everyone watching YouTube, show the fingers. We got all 10? We got all 10? Yeah, put them up. Hey, there we go. We survived another year. I live in a condo complex. I don't, I'm not exactly a massive fireworks person. I know that there were plenty of people in, in my area that were definitely making sure that they used up their, they used up their uh, pyrotechnic <laughs> licenses, shall we say it was, it was quite interesting, but I, I don't want to be a party pooper, but uh, the 4th of July is kind of always kind of not a, I'm not a big massive person onto it, especially considering I do have a dog at home. So we, ah. we always try to keep 
bit, a little bit quieter for her since her here we don't want her we don't want to hurt her hearing or anything yeah. like that well that's kind of you but uh here in idaho we definitely ugh, man they know how to party know how to grill and oh boy I, you bet you i enjoyed some uh some snags uh um this weekend you know so we had a good time there but ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in today let's get into the action with your voice american voice of the australian football league Zarya of course, is the Gold Coast Suns and the Richmond Tigers. And this was a really, really fun game if you are a fan of any other team besides Richmond, and especially if you're one of the Gold Coast supporters because they pulled this huge upset and they beat the Tigers even with a pretty poor goal-kicking performance. But this was a fun game. This wasn't just an outright win by the Suns. They would get out to a good lead, and then Richmond comes storming back. They get out to a good lead. Richmond came swimming back again in the fourth, and then the Suns are able to cap it off uh, and then just really close out this game on a high note with Ben Keegan putting the game away late. And this is a really weird Richmond team to watch because they almost did everything opposite of what this Richmond team usually does. They suffered from a turnover-heavy game, and they played pretty lax off the foodie, which was almost surprising. We're used to the suffocating form of uh, defense where you can't get past anyone. You can't get any space. And Gold Coast would had plenty of space to work with a lot of the time. And now they drop out of the top eight. So, one, what did you think about this game in Gold Coast? And two, will the Richmond Tigers stay outside the top eight? Oh, let's 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 approach it first from the side that I think everybody wants to talk about this Richmond side. And just being completely honest with myself, the injuries have now really reared their ugly head. But the funny part about it is, is I don't think the injuries were the main reason they lost this game. I think they lost this game because they just they didn't look like they were interested. Like I I hate to hit back. I hate to hit back at this. Mm-hmm. Those, those demo comments about playing at, at Marvel are just not, they are not aging well at all. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about the fans. It's even the players look disinterested. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. This is the team that it, I almost do want to say, I question whether they want it now. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. This mm-hmm. was a game right here that can set you up for a run to get into the finals, get some momentum and get your, give themselves a chance to win a fourth flag in five years. But the team that stepped out of the field against gold coast looked lackluster. They looked, I mean, I mean, sorry, Richmond fans. They looked pathetically bad on defense and there was no care in the world for this tigers team. I'm not again. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say they're done because mm-hmm. again, I'm it's three Richmond. times burned by this team. Yeah. It's, it's Richmond. You hate saying it, but it's true. But here's the thing, though: their road gets significantly tougher over the next couple of weeks with with Brisbane and Geelong waiting after this game against Collingwood this week. So, I let's keep an eye on it, and I'm even going to say it: keep an eye on Collingwood this week because they're 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 an interesting interesting bunch, mm-hmm. especially the way Richmond is playing. To flip sides, Gold Coast, you get the win. But there is almost part of me that goes, man, this could have been so much more devastating for Richmond mm-hmm. if your accuracy button would have been not haywire. 
I mean, considering you win this game by 10 points, but that's because you get 10 more behinds in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. Even take 10, five of those behinds, keep take them in the goals. This is a 40-point win for Gold Coast. 40-point win for Gold Coast over Richmond. I mean, they're, they're, it's such a missed opportunity to get a ton of positive momentum. Gold Coast gets the win. Tuke Miller has the game of his life. Ben King plays really, really well. A lot of the young stars that were playing in this game played really, really well. And they didn't have Hugh Greenwood. Hugh Greenwood was managed in this game. One of their best midfielders, bar Tuke Miller, did not even play. So a, a very good performance by the Suns. I'm happy for them. Maybe this gets the Vic media off their back about whether this was a <laughs> failure and all that stuff. And I hope and, so. Even we had kind of discussed it a little bit too, and, and I, I, like I said, financially they, they're making money. The problem is, is on the field that, that it's just not reaping the fruit that they want. And with so many young talents coming up to the end of their contracts very soon, that's kind of the thing that we all look at and go, we don't want it to happen again. We don't want the Rankins, the Andersons, the Lacocious, the the Rowles to go because if they do, well, you're right back to square one where you have been so all in all like i said great win for gold coast missed opportunity but you get the win you get some positive momentum and like i said you, you make some of the vic media kind of go hmm is richmond gonna make the finals or not which i think makes for some interesting tv because there are some that are they, they are they're digging they're they're putting the dirt on the casket of the proverbial richmond dynasty and there are others that are still standing there going not putting not not, not touching that shovel yet Still. Right. Yeah, man, that is a tricky shovel to touch because once I, I mean, if you're looking from any sort of argument, the, I mean, the only argument you can make that's pro Richmond making the finals right now is that it's Richmond in history. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like what I was talking about last week after they lost to St. Kilda, that's the only thing that they have going for them. So it's kind of tough. And then at the same time uh, for Gold Coast, I'm hoping that this one maybe gives them a little more breathing space. Give them some more room on this franchise so they don't pull the plug on it yet. And, you know, the best part about, I mean, the thing that I know all of you look forward to the most every single week we do this, the Gold Coast fan count comes early in the show. And I was kind of teasing Donnie. I didn't give him the number because I don't like to give away my secrets before we start. But I told him it was going to be a brand new record of Gold Coast fans. And that number, it was it, I think, 19 last round? That sucker skyrockets. I'll put that up at 35 for beating one of the most hated teams in the league. It's yeah, so you guys are going to get a lot of fans from that. So really good show all around. Next game we had was one that we're really interested in based off of what kind of Jalon Katz team we were going to get. That's That was the biggest question going to this round for this game. We had Geelong versus Essendon, and although that the Dons put up a really, really solid performance against this team, uh, Geelong was just too much, too much talent there in the midfield and the forward, and it also didn't help that this was a really, really inspired team off because of what happened last round. This was a bit of an angry team that we were kind of expecting to see, and they did put it all out on the field, and they took the lead in the second after a bit of a slow start. And they didn't look back from there. Yeah, Jeremy Cameron kicking three at the Cats. First four goals in this. And then you have Tom Hawkins and then Patrick Dangerfield. They combined for 10. Uh, Tom Hawkins leading that trio with six in this game. And although Jeremy Cameron had a solid game, 
There's going to be some injury issues with him, so that's going to hurt a little bit here. Um, but, you know, kind of like to say, Eston, they played great. What they've been doing all season is, um, especially of late, probably like the last six rounds, is that they've definitely been overperforming, or at least over-exceeding expectations set by the fans and maybe the media. So they're still a great team. They're right there in the finals mix. But now Geelong is tied with points in um, tied in points with Brisbane and Port for third, just behind the percentage points. They think they're around 124, whereas Brisbane up there at number three is at 134. And so, will Geelong be able to get back into the uh, top four this season? Oh man, this is a Geelong. This is a game where it's the good and the bad with Geelong. The good, you you get a good you get a good win over a pesky Essendon team that I I've enjoyed watching. They just I think they ran out of steam. I think unfortunately this young Essendon team I think is hitting a tiny bit of a wall, and at the worst possible time because you're still in the hunt for finals. Yep. You're still six points back out of eight at this present point, and unfortunately you just you run into a very veteran experienced and very savvy Geelong team and you just your style didn't really work at Kadenia Park which is long and skinny and I think it really really plays to Geelong's advantage the bad part for Geelong is you lose Jeremy Cameron and this kid this kid has been a linchpin for this Cats forward offense because he helped take a little bit of pressure off Tommy Hawkins and Gary he gives that that other target that I think can, can just literally give teams headaches. And unfortunately this hamstring is probably going to take him out till close to the finals. So this, this weakens Geelong's forward game just a tiny bit because Tommy Hawkins may now get double teams. Gary Rowan may have a, a stronger defender on him. So this definitely could spell a little bit of trouble for Geelong wanting to make the four, especially considering I think Port Adelaide is starting to play better. That doesn't help either, especially consider, especially with their percentages being so close. Mm-hmm. This could come down to wins and losses at just the right time, and who gets a bigger win than the other um, each and every week. But in all, a great performance by the Cats, but it's going to be marred a little bit by the fact Cameron goes down hurt and the fact that there's a few lingering questions of should Jeremy Cameron have even played considering he had to do a fitness test. They asked him. He said he was good. Halfway through the second quarter, there goes the hamstring. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there will be a few people asking around this Geelong Cats team is, is, is will this injury, will, did Jeremy Cameron take a risk that he probably shouldn't have? Yeah, that's a good question to ask there. It's hard because especially as the mindset of a player in the, in the real competitor like he is, if you're any bit good to go as a player, you're going to push that you're going to be able to be uh, put on the field, you know. But also, it's times like that's where the organization might be best to step up and to hold them off and get. But it's also tough too because this was a pretty important game in their season in the final standings, and mm-hmm. it's a good Essendon team that you never want to sleep on. So I hope no one really gets too much flack because this ended up being just a really tough decision to make and. It just unfortunately um, didn't end up working out in their favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it just one of those. It, it's sometimes the risk that you gotta take. Banking these four points now. The good thing about just looking quickly at the ladder is just the pure fact that you do have a gap between Geelong in fifth at forty four down to Sydney with eight points back at thirty six. So mm-hmm. you have a little bit of play room. 
But the issue that you run into is, is third and fourth, who you're tied with, who you're trying to get in the top four, are percentage points ahead of you. And neither look to be really, really difficult, really, really hard teams when it comes to it that uh, they're going to lose anytime soon. So this it does put pressure on Geelong that they got to keep winning because if they don't, they may fall back and say Sydney say Sydney steals one against the Western Bulldogs and against GWS hypothetically speaking, and Geelong drops a couple. Well, there's your eight point buffer gone, and now Sydney has a chance to be fighting with you for fifth if you lose a couple games in a row. So it's Geelong's got to keep it going, a to stay in the top four, but b to not let the bottom the bottom teams, AKA the Sydney's, the West coast, the GWS is the Richmond say they get on a run and win three or four in a row that still keeps them at bay from mm-hmm. t- passing you and sending you further down the ladder, giving you a much more difficult road in the finals. Even if you're in the bottom four. Definitely going to be a little bit of a tricky situation uh, for Geelong as it close out the season, but that top four firmly in grasp right now. And now let's talk about, I mean, it could be safe to say that, I don't know, it's hard. What, what, just real quick, what do you think was the bigger upset? Melbourne and GWS or Gold Coast and Richmond? Oh, man. It's like two different reasons I had these games. Honestly, right? GWS, Melbourne. If, 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 well, I, I, I said in the preview, I said, mm-hmm. I think keep an eye on gold coast because i really really think gold coast has a chance richmond's injured they've got way too many injuries in the worst part of the ground the defensive side of the ground which really structures up their team which allows them to get their pressure game going melbourne has been so consistent this year that i think this one did baffle a lot of people yes gws is talented yes gws has a ton of skill but gws i mean Let's be honest. They poo-pooed the bed last when they play, when when they last played. So well, the I last mean, two rounds, you, let's say a draw gets you fall to Hawthorne. It's not easy. Exactly. Well, so so you take that you take that into effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. a draw, and then you lose to Hawthorne, who's seventeenth on the ladder. So a lot of people were kind of like, "Well, GWS lost their opportunity." There's and. There it is. Again, GWS finds a way when their backs are against the wall. They need a win. They're against team. Nobody gives them a chance to it. They pull out the victory that they did. I mean, now now the tables are almost reversed a little bit. Now all the pressure now is, okay, what's wrong with Melbourne? Melbourne mm-hmm. has, has played so well this year. Now the doggies have passed them. The doggies are ahead of them. Well, yes, it's almost it's like what we were talking about going into but, this game last round, a problem that they were having last round, um, just real quick to get into this game before we get the full-blown tangent. Of course, we're on to Melbourne and GWS. The Giants take an early lead on this one, and they really put it on Melbourne in the second, and they don't trail for the last three quarters, pulling out this huge upset. And the thing we need to talk about is something that we brought up last round in that there's no denying the talent of that defense, of, of the Ds, okay? It is the best in the league, and it's hardly getting in, almost no one compares to them. But they've been so inconsistent in their offense and their goal scoring, and it's really been hurting them. And and one of the things that we talked about last round is that, I mean, it looks like they're really missing that key guy that they can't have to score, and maybe that's Ben Brown. Ben Brown's still not in this game, and, and they... It's obvious that they need him back sooner rather than later. Of course, you don't want to rush his return, but 
they're missing because I mean, yeah, the defense is great. They're forcing a ninety ten against a, a team with really good goal scorers, especially Toby Green. He finishes with three, but it's still most of that team was limited. But there's no real stand-up for them, and their goal kicking was bad with 7-13. That's not going to get done, especially not against the top echelon teams. But at least here for GWS, man, they're able to pull it off. Um, I guess one guy that you want to, to throw out there, and the guy that really worked hard this game for Melbourne, was Bailey Frisch. He finishes with three goals uh, behind the total disposal, sent a couple of really damn good marks. So he was there. Uh, he's been the guy that's had a couple of shining games uh, this season, but not really a consistent score that they might be able to rely on. Um, but obviously, GWS now, they break into the top eight on the back of a Richmond loss. They're two points ahead of them now at that eight spot. They control their own destiny. I really think that their success is obviously going to come down to Toby Green, but I think Himmelberg is going to be, like, that little duo uh, with, with Green and Himmelberg with the scoring um, it is going to prove huge. He might Himmelberg might be uh, kind of that dark horse guy that they're going to need to rely on come finals if they do make it. And now on Melbourne, though, you're looking like you might possibly top, drop out of the top four. That's the the big one of the big questions that a lot of the the roundup shows that I've watched on that I've watched online um, they've been talking about is yeah. is Melbourne feeble enough now to potentially even fall out of the top four and and now there now there's selection questions there's does Ben Brown come in does Jacob mm-hmm. Wiedering come back in does does McDonald drop how how is how is their forward line going to work if Ben Brown comes in well I've said numerous times i think ben brown might be the answer not for the pressure but for the consistency in his goal kicking Mm -hmm. because the old melbourne is starting to rear its ugly head inconsistent goal kicking going forward past one or two players and and ben brown is a consistent 60 goal kicker when he played for north i've i have i I understand he's not a great pack player i i understand that but right now, you need a consistent goal scorer because you're not getting it. Bailey Fritch is not going to be able to kick three, four, five, six a game. He's not that type of player. He's in. He's he's a big ball forward, but he kind of a, he's kind of a role player. He he's not exactly the constant goal kicker. McDonald's played well, but McDonald's goals have dried up because teams are taking him away. Mm-hmm. You bring in Ben Brown first. The, the first top defender is going to be on Ben Brown. That's going to open up McDonald, and that's going to open up Fritch even more because Fritch is going to get a lesser defender. I think that's going to change the team. I've seen so many people say Jacob Wiedering, Jacob Wiedering. Jacob Wiedering can sometimes disappear in games, in games that he needs it. I think Ben Brown comes in. I think he gives them a consistent two, three, four goals a game, and I think he helps right this ship. But is it too late? Is it are already the questions being asked, or have they already kind of okay? Ben Brown, we tried him; he didn't work a couple of weeks. Is he going to be kind of one of those write-offs at the end of the year where they try to deal him after the season because mm-hmm. it, it didn't work, or it they brought him in, which then makes me go to the list manager. Why did you bring him in in the first place if he wasn't going to fit the style of gameplay? I I, I don't mean to be mean, but that does not make any sense. Why would you bring in a player that does not fit your system at all? Yeah. I don't understand that at all. 
I think you bring him in, you let him play a couple of games. If he bombs, put him back in the VFL, bring up Weedering. I don't know, but I'm a Melbourne fan. I'm a tiny bit concerned because this is four weeks in a row now. Their scoring has been limited. That's been kind. Yes, a couple of those games, but this is the wrong time to do this because teams are starting to play better. They're starting to progress. You want to get better as the season goes on, not worse. Man, those defense, it's a weird predicament to be in because one, you're still one of the best teams in the league, but at the same time, there's a little bit of worry that you might be dropping out off the cliff of the top four. So that's definitely going to be something that you're going to fall along as the season progresses um, into these last handful of rounds. Now we go from there to a team. I mean, there's one team at the top that we have some questions about. Then there's another team at the top that I don't have a whole lot of worry about. In fact, they just continue to impress me pretty much every week they play. And that is the Brisbane Lions as they took on Adelaide this round. And they keep rolling with their third win in a row. And this is now 10 wins in their last 11 games with the demolition of the Crows. And their offense just stays hot. They have... Uh, a pretty good defense. Obviously, it's nothing like the D's, but uh, their defense is uh, above serviceable, I would say. But it's this offense that's really going to carry this team deep into the finals if they want to make a push. And this is another game where you get a trio, kind of like Geelong. They put up a bunch of goals. This trio of Zach Bailey, Charlie Cameron, and Lincoln McCarthy combined for 10 goals uh, for the Lions in this game. And kind of one of the things I've been talking about the last number of rounds now is saying that the Adelaide Crows' biggest priority this offseason is to get Taylor Walker some help because it's either Taylor Walker scores and they're in games or win games, or he's off or limited on the scorecard and they lose games. It's another example of this. One goal, Adelaide doesn't really come close to winning. And so now, one thing you got to ask is that the top two teams in the league right now are the Western Bulldogs, which we'll get to later in the show, the last round of the last game of the round, and the aforementioned Melbourne Demons, who look to be on the skid. So, what are the chances that Brisbane actually finishes first this year? Ooh, that's difficult because it really, it really would kind of go on. How does Melbourne stuff up, basically? Mm-hmm. If, if we want to be really simple about it, um. If Brisbane gets in the top two, I think they they're, they're second. I think I think that would be Melbourne dropping out. Uh, I just I don't. The doggies have a lot going for them. The only issue I would see though is they're still got some injuries in that midfield. Mm-hmm. Losing Aaron Naughton this week to the concussion, unfortunately, as spectacular as as he is to watch. He is somewhat of a liability with this ability to throw himself sometimes at <laughs> footy contests and then knocking himself out, unfortunately. I, like I said, I, I'm not trying to joke about concussions. I, I wish him a speedy recovery. Mm-hmm. But there have been some people saying, do the doggies need to temper him down? Do they need to tell him, hey, you need to be a little more calculated when it comes to your going up for, for screamers? Or do they really need to invest somehow in finding him, teaching him how to do a screamer and land so that he's not doing that anymore? But I, I think if Brisbane get, get in second, and right now I think they have a really good chance of doing that. They are clicking. Yeah, part of about this game was the fact that Lockie Neal was a late out with the, with the injury with an injury, so this was done without 
without one of the best players in the Brisbane Lions, and they just dismantled Natalie Crows. Again, I know some people are going to go, it's the Crows, coach. It's not exactly like beating the Western Bulldogs or, North Mel- or the Melbourne Demons. Mm-hmm. Yes, but still a serviceable Crows team that has some blows to some teams. And for them to beat them by 52, almost doubling them up in points, and no locking, no locking. Hipwood is invisible in this game with only eight disposals, no goals at all. Danaher, eh, a not a not bad game, but as I said, Lincoln McCarthy, Aaron has a really good game, and Zach Bailey is continuing to show well, he's one of the good young players on this team. And this defense is of, of no names, and I, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but after Harris Andrews, it's not exactly household names that are doing it for the Brisbane Lions. Brandon Starcevich is one of the best defenders for small forwards in the entire league. I mean, he, I don't. I think he's given up no more than two goals a game to some of the best small forwards. That's Eddie Betts. That's Tommy Papley. That, I mean, just some elite small. Toby Green, I think, was the only one that might have got away on him when they played each other. But that's kind of the thing is – they kind of do it by committee. I mean, Adams has played really well. A guy that I, I've heard joke, they said he looks like a Canadian lumberjack, <laughs> big old beard, nice early body, but he's great with, with marks. So this is, this is kind of a, a, a defense by committee after Harris Andrews, who's the, their intercept marking cover of that defensive line. Um, it really is kind of a cast of characters that you don't, they're not household names, but they're getting the job done so i gotta give Lion a lot of credit a very very aggressive win over a crows team that they just have they come up with performances that are surprising and this was a tiny bit of it i'm hoping taylor walker's okay i know i think he had a tiny bit of a stinger because he was a little bit of a neck injury so he was subbed out halfway through the second quarter and i think that really affected adelaide's uh, momentum because i think they were starting to play better and this injury hit at like the worst possible time mm-hmm. Hopefully it's just a stinger. Those are, I mean, they really suck at the moment. Hopefully they're not typically things that last too long. Um, the game is better when he's playing, so hopefully we'll see him in round 17 of the season. Uh, especially if you're an LA fan, you really hope that he's there. Now, this next game was probably the most disappointing game of the round, and that's just because there's so much riding on the line, especially with West Coast losing um, and then with Richmond dropping out, it was a golden opportunity for the Fremantle Dockers to jump into that top eight against a lackluster Carlton team, a team that's been struggling this year, maybe up, maybe not up until late, but through the most of the season, they've been struggling, underperforming. And they really just kind of crap the bed, this game Frio does, because they blow this fantasi- fantastic opportunity. They're awful off, I like. I, I really don't want to chastise like the Frio fans too much, but as for this team, has just not been good at goal kicking this entire season. This is another really poor performance. Another example of them doubling up their goals in behinds. They kicked eight and sixteen in this game, where it's just a sixteen point game. Obviously, that's not good. But with this one, they could jump to into the seventh. And they were unable to because they get out to a 28-point deficit in the second term. And that just allows them to not be able to come back in this game. They got close. They threatened 
but it just wasn't enough to uh, to overcome this. And now Carlton wins back-to-back games for the first time since rounds three and four. So it's hard to have faith in Frio making the finals. The hope is still there. What are your biggest takeaways from this? Oh man, this is this is a game of two team or two teams that have underperformed here at times. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people were like, okay, Frio Frio gets the big win. Frio's got a chance to get into the finals. And I think they faced a Carlton team that really kind of surprised them with how their intensity. This this was not the Carlton of previous rounds where you were given that 12, 4, 18, 24 point run where you get up on them because Carlton all of a sudden forgets who they're supposed to guard or somebody runs into somebody or Adam Sons forgets to turn around or so many things that had went wrong mentally. It, it wasn't structure. It wasn't system. It was somebody forgot to guard. That's the guy going to go. Oh, darn. Kind of the way Carlton has been playing defense. So oh, Teague finally the, the mouse finally found the cheese in the maze for all of these Carlton defenders, but this was a much better defensive game. Mm-hmm. It, like I said, it's been snake bitten this year with injuries. I, I'm so bad to their fans because if you put half of their injury lineup back on the field, this is a Frio team that should be in the finals. I mean, bar none. There's, there's no argument. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a Carlton team that if they played as good as they should, they should be there as well. The scary part about it is just looking at the ladder really quickly. Carlton, as as ugly as this season has been, is still only six points out of the finals right now with seven games. I mean, scary enough, there's still a shot. I I unfortunately don't think they're going to get, but has Teague found something? He legitimately found something in Carlton to, to make a run to potentially make the finals so we'll really have to see these next these next six to seven weeks are going to be very entertaining because as i was saying off mic there there are some teams in the bottom in the bottom half of this of the afl this year i don't want to play now if i'm in the top eight mm-hmm. they're they're a little scary because they they they're going to come north melbourne Hawthorne, carl even gold coast now mm-hmm. i'm, I might I'm kill so Exactly, and killed it as well. You're not sitting here going, "That's a there's there's four points in the bank." No, you're going. Hmm, this isn't going as easy as we thought it was. So, I'm these final weeks are going to be quite quite entertaining. I think there's a few eight teams that should be on upset alert every week because they're they're not going to get a pushover team like they thought that two or three rounds ago. That's what I really like about this right now. The way that you. It would be hard to guess this earlier in the season, but now you get all these teams, and I really don't think there is there is no guaranteed win for any team, no matter if they're the num- number one, number eight, or uh, or anyone kind of near the top ten at that point. Each game, it looks like it's going to be a dogfight, and obviously that only makes me that much more interested and um, looking forward to seeing how the rest of these rounds play out. Now the next game we move into, kind of with the aforementioned Hawthorne team, is they've been looking solid the last couple of rounds. They haven't looked that good all year, but they they get a couple wins, a couple of good performances recently. But that kind of comes to halt against this Port Adelaide team that looks like they might be getting a little more confidence and a little bit more faith inside this team. Uh, 
and they win this game over Hawthorne on the back of nine straight goals in one point in this game. And if you kick nine straight, there's a really good chance that you end up winning the game of footy. So that looked really good from them. Hawthorne, they, like I said, they look better. But, I mean, Port LA really continues that dominance that they have over non-top eight teams this season. And I think my biggest question about this game is that, at least personally, is that I haven't really had a whole lot of confidence in Port Adelaide this year. I got a little bit more after last round. They beat Sydney for the first time of the season. They beat a top eight team in a well-fought, highly contested game. But now, I think I'm a little bit more sold on them now again. Although, I mean, Hawthorne isn't that great in the ladder. They're still a tough team to beat. Port LA handles them. But to me, if they really want to prove themselves, they need to beat Melbourne next round. So, Donnie, what would it take if if they haven't proved themselves yet to you? What would it take from this Port Adelaide team? I don't know. I've I've been high on Port Adelaide this whole season. I think they've I think they've underperformed for the list that they have. Again, mm-hmm. they've they've been bit by some injuries in the yeah. worst possible places. Losing Zach Butters, I think he was he was a linchpin for the midfield slash forward position a lot like dust like a Dusty Martin or what Jake Stringer's starting to do with Essendon right now is that is that mid forward that can go in, give you a little live wire in the midfield, but then push it forward, be able to kick goals as well. Um Xavier Dersma being hurt. They've had injuries in the worst possible places. So I think that's a little bit the reason why Port hasn't been as solid. But I think they're playing better footy. Ollie Wines is playing out of his mind right now. Travis Boak is just an absolute beast in there. Um, Therefore, Charlie Dixon is now starting to kick goals a little bit more consistently. I just want to see him kick those against better oppositions. So this week will be a big test for him is can he kick two or three goals on that lever and make um, little duo there in the back for Melbourne. Mm -hmm. But in all this game, like I, I want to go to this just really, really quickly, just because I'm I'm one of those. I love the heritage of this game, mm. and to see awesome, uh, awesome um, show of um, of gratitude towards Sean Burgoyne, fifth player ever in AFL and VFL AFL history to play 400 VFL AFL games, joining a very small list of players, and to be the ever indigenous player ever do that what incredible and for the in his early days before he moved to hawthorne um and, and joined kind of their flag dynasty that they had there in the, in the late in the late 2010s um was incredible to see it is a little dis it is a little disappointing hawthorne didn't play as well as i think they should have. i think hawthorne kind of hit a wall a little bit in this game against port and port is just very very good when they want to be um so i don't know this is this is a poor team that i think they may be kicking at the right time and getting melbourne this week could almost be a blessing because if they can find a way to pull off the victory not only do you continue to force pressure on this melbourne team that can maybe bring them back to the pack a little bit but this puts even more pressure on other teams in, in third and fourth around him in, on the ladder to continue to win. This was a game that they might have expected Port to drop. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, very fascinated by this upcoming week because 
there are there are some really good matchups that I cannot wait to watch. Oh yeah, I mean you're really kind of almost short selling it just by saying that too. It, it's really um, just from the matchup in the finals implications for this next round. Of course, God's to wait till the end to hear predictions about that with around seventeen tipping. Now, Donnie, here's probably going to be your favorite part about the show. Let's take it away to Sydney and West Coast <laughs> because the Swans get a huge win over a... And they seemingly prove themselves. I mean, this Vic Media has been kind of uh, disrespecting them all season, quite frankly. And the last couple of rounds, maybe you know, they play a really tough game against Port. They lose, but they still are able to get some respect off of that. Then they go and they take on a top eight team and they beat them by 92 points this team is a legit finals team and i mean buddy franklin fantastic like usual another three goal game here he's now third in the afl in average goals per game with 2.9 behind taylor walker who has 2.9 and harry mckay that has 3.1 uh he would be a little bit closer i go to the average because I mean, most of these guys have 15 games played, but he only has 11. So total goals on the season might look a little different there, but he's right up there. He's been looking in prime form. And Don, you were telling me at the beginning of the season to watch out for this guy, Buddy Franklin, because I haven't been able to see a play like this, or I haven't been able to see a play. So he's been an absolute treat, and you were dead on the money with that one. So I'm super thankful for that. Then you get uh, Justin McHenry. He becomes the fourth Sydney Rising Star winner this year he finishes with 22 disposals and it sometimes it looked like west coast didn't want to be there so can we just blame that on a little bit of road game woes i think it goes a little bit deeper than that of course injuries and maybe just they're kind of running out of steam because it's been a really tough season and it looks like things might be coming to an end so a couple questions will west coast finish in the top eight and is sydney now a lock for finals. Oh boy, two two difficult questions because neither are neither are I think easy tanker because mm-hmm. um not only not only am I trying to as balanced as much as I can, but <laughs> I don't I don't know. This if this West Coast team that played this game here plays the rest of the season, no, West Coast will not make the finals because yeah. Gold Coast without half their starters and a bunch of 18 year olds could have beat West coast as listless a performance as this was. I'm I'm being honest. I'm not, I'm not trying. Well, it's nothing against West coast. It's just, I can't not see what I saw. I mean, they were, they, they didn't hunt the footy. They didn't want the footy as, as I stated a little bit, they look like they didn't want to be there. It was almost like their loss earlier in the season at Cadenia Park against Geelong just up and bit them because the same thing happened. They, they There was very little offensively going forward. I mean, Darling got loose a little bit in the first quarter, but he wasn't putting it on the scoreboard. They were, they were inaccurate as well. That doesn't help. And, and Sydney, to be completely honest with you, this was their best handballing performance I've seen all season. And, and many media, media media people that were watching this were enamored by this. And, and the ball movement was spectacular to watch. But it helps when West Coast literally gave no resistance to that at all. Yes, Sydney played a really good game. I think Sydney played very, very well. Are they a lock for the finals? 
Absolutely not. Just because of the fact, if you look at their rounds up, like I was saying earlier, they have this four game stretch coming back. You got to get through it at least two and two. Okay. But you're one and one in the first two games. You get Western Bulldogs and the Sydney gets the Western Bulldogs this week, which by this performance, there's some Swans fans that are being a little more confident that they're going to be much more competitive in this game. I think this is going to be a very good game just because the mid matchup is going to be absolutely insanely good with Libertore, Bontempelli, and McRae against potentially Robot on Parker and Kennedy. And then, as you said, Mac and Justin McInerney, not, not to, not to fix you on that one. But Justin McInerney is the, the, four, the, the fourth, the fourth rising star um, played incredible. And when he got moved to the halfback line, he has playing wing. So it was good to see him play well. Nick Blakey had a really, really good game for the Swans playing much better after being demoted to the VFL for mm-hmm. nearly a month because of some lackluster play previously. And to see Tom Hickey have some success against Nick Natanui was, was also really, really good. So I, I'm buoyed, Mike. I'm buoyed in, in confidence for this Sydney team of the finals, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump at the verbial hurdle yet, mm-hmm. because we've still got tough games. Like I said, Western Bulldogs, GWS, Essendon, North Melbourne, and St Kilda are all still on your schedule of yep. these last seven games. None of those games are going to be easy, especially consider especially considering you play the number two team overall, number one overall team mm-hmm. in the Western Bulldogs who are absolutely flying. You got a GWS team that I think are still fighting for the finals. They want to stay in the finals and it's a Sydney Derby, no matter if it's played in New South Wales or not, it's always going to be tough. And plus GWS got the chocolates in the first time they played St. Kilda's playing better. North Melbourne is not an easy team to play. So there's still some, there's still some potential landmines for Sydney. So I'm not going to completely jump on their lock, Mm-hmm. But this definitely makes a lot of Swans fans a little more comfortable with the fact that they can make the finals because this is a win some did not see happening. And I said this was one of the ones they needed. I thought they needed to get two out of two in this four. They've got one. They just need one of their next two. And if they can win out on those last five, again, still not easy, mm-hmm. they're going to make the finals if they do that. 100% to that, to that point. And, like, when we were looking through, sort of like two or three rounds ago, when we were looking through the last number of games in the season, one of the games that I had circled for the Sydney team that's going to be pivotal for them making the finals or at least holding their spot is this game against West Coast. So the first test of the circle game that I have for them, they've now passed with flying colors. So that certainly is going to build a lot of confidence going into the last bit of the season. Man, for West Coast, man going to be a lot of people scratching their heads at this one. But the second to last game of the round, we had Collingwood and St. Kilda. And Collingwood's two-game streak almost at this point looks like a fluke. As they've now lost consecutive games, they're 2-5 and five in the last seven. And the Saints have now won back-to-back games. And they've actually almost come back from the dead is what a lot of people seem. they pretty much a team that's been written off from about maybe midway through the season. They've actually climbed back into finals contention. There are 28 points. I mean, they're at 11 right now behind Richmond and Fremantle. Richmond 9th, Fremantle at 
um, 10. They're behind on percentage points at 83 right now. Frio is up at 92 and Richmond's up at 100. So that's going to be a tough gap to overcome if they're going to make the finals. Obviously going to look at points and not percentage. But they are just two points out of the top eight. They miss at 30 and four points out of the seventh spot with West Coast being at 32. So believe it or not, St. Kilda is actually right up there. Will they make it? Who knows? What are their chances that they actually get to, get to maybe make the finals for another year? Oh man, this this is crazy to even think that we're even discussing this after the way some of the ways <laughs> their early part of their season right. went just with the absolutely disastrous disastrous results with nine goal losses and things like that. Oh, that that is it's so. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I hate jumping to that because this was a game where against Collingwood, like if you look at the final score, you're like, ooh, nine-point game. This is a close game. All, all due respect to Collingwood, St. Kilda let off the gas and let Collingwood get up late in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was not exactly the, the greatest. Like The result was not exactly the way this season has went. Um, I, I just really quickly want their schedule because I just wanted to, what their run home is. And oh boy, here just next two games over the next two weeks, they the Brisbane Lions and Port Adelaide. I'm, I'm if I'm being completely honest with myself, you're probably not winning those games, but I I think they will test both teams. Mm-hmm. West Coast, again, West Coast from the Sydney game, St Kilda wins. West Coast Optus Stadium, which is what it looking like it will be. I think West Coast wins. I think West Coast wins that one. Carlton St. Kilda on the 30th. That's interesting because I want to see how form is on that one because if Carlton's playing the way they're playing and St. Kilda stays on this form, this is a really good game that could potentially be like a finals eliminator mm-hmm. for who's in contention on the one. Um, right now, I would lean towards Carlton. I think Carlton's playing a little bit better footy than, than St. Kilda. Then that game against Sydney, which again, I want to see form. If I'm I'm right, and they go zero and four. I think they go into the Swans game not seeing not seeing finals chances, and they may have a listless team. Sydney wins that one, and then you end Geelong and Frio. Um, oh, I just I don't see them having enough wins on this road home to be able to get in. Mm-hmm. But again, just never know the way this season has gone. As soon as you think there is an absolute, I mean, this is a. 100% easy tip and it goes pear-shaped. I mean, <laughs> if St. Kilda beats Brisbane this week, it will not shock me because that's the way this season has gone. Isn't that weird? But if I'm Man, going it, if I'm, the year, people call you crazy if you said that. Well, not really though because I think St. Kilda was a team St. Kilda and Carlton were two teams that honestly a lot of people were talking about making finals potentially mm. because their lists were good. They had they had, had good seasons the year well, at least St. Kilda had a good season the year before making the finals, knocking out the doggies in the first round before to Richmond in a game where really they were so undermanned with um, injuries and, and setbacks and that. So this really is a St. Kilda team that has underperformed their mm by their list but if you look at their injuries and you look at kind of some of the things that have happened to them this year it's not completely surprising but 
their schedule just does give them very much does not show a lot of positivity to make the finals if you really look at it with games that are very very difficult um like i said including a trip out west if if Optus stadium is back to operational to where they can play out there that, that's never an easy place to play mm-hmm. um against against the west coast eagles out in Optus stadium yeah i mean st kilda definitely has a lot of hopes they were going to probably need to every maybe not everything but close to everything is going to need to go right for the team if they want to make it into the finals but they have hope not something that we thought they would have a number of rounds ago so good for them good for the fans and we'll see how they can finish off this season but let's put a cap on round 16 and look at the last game on the schedule which was the Western Bulldogs against the North Melbourne Roos and this team that we've been talking up for a while now. Although it doesn't relate to on the ladder, this is a tough team to beat. And like Donnie said, this is not really a team that you want to play these last number of rounds. And they, I mean, the doggies get the win here. This is kind of something that we were, this was the expected performance, of course. No one's really expecting or uh, thinking that North Melbourne Roos were going to get this. But this is another game where they play a way better team, a lot closer than a lot of people might have given credit for. It was a March in 29, but through most of this game, it was a hard-fought, highly contested game. And one of the things here, though, is that, I mean, like we said earlier, the Doggies take back their top spot on the D's loss. They're up in tiny points, but up on percentage. But this was a good win. And one of the problems we've been seeing about the West Coast Bulldogs, or the Western Bulldogs, excuse me, over the last handful of rounds is that their offense is there, but their midfield was struggling for a little bit. They've gotten them back, but their defense seems to be a bit of a concern as this is a good win, but this isn't really a win that sparks a lot of confidence in me because giving up 79 to the current win spoon isn't a good look. I know this is a good team. I mean, we're going to keep saying this is a good North Melbourne team, but at the same time, if you're the top team in the league playing the worst team in the league, the game shouldn't be as close and you should be able to limit their scoring a little bit more um, than they did in this one. Yeah, this was a game where I think a lot of people looked at the early season result and they went, okay, how good, how much better are Norse going to play? And just the final score, it's tremendously better i mean it's less than i mean this game was between 40 and 20 points most of the game which compared to the over 100 point loss at the start of the year uh, that's that's an that's an impressive um amount of of progression correct me if i'm wrong i I agree with bruce put up 10 in that game (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep Hmm. yep if you take Josh Bruce's 10 and you compare it to this, as North Melbourne kicked 11 in this game, so at least it wasn't where Josh Bruce beats the entire North Melbourne a 25 himself. No. Um, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I, this this vaunted Western Bulldogs midfield is, is sharding to not they, – maybe they took North Melbourne for granted a little bit. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them an out a tiny bit here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't. Right, we'll, we'll see. Um but I think the rock um, experience of Todd Goldstein, I think 
affected this game because when you've got a rock that can put it anywhere he wants when he wants to, that's going to change Western Bulldogs midfield because they don't get, they're not first on the footy. They have to fight to get it, which makes their numbers down. I mean, um, Montempelli was not, was not one of the topper top rated performers um, for me in this game. Yes. He still has 27 disposals, but he doesn't make the impact that he has in previous games. It was actually uh, Tom Libertori who actually had, in my opinion, a more impactful game this week. So I don't know. Goldstein did really, really well to kind of neutralize the Western Bulldogs ruck, which I think really kept this game closer than, than I think many people still kind of thought this would still be a 50, 60 point lead. Mm -hmm. And for them to, to win this by 29 was, was a rather impressive performance. Um, Defensively, we'll see. Um, North Melbourne doesn't have that marquee forward that everybody's going to be concerned about this week. Western Bulldogs now have to deal with Isaac Heaney and Buddy Franklin and Tommy Papley. This is a completely different fight than Cameron Zerha, Nick Larkey, and Taryn Thomas. If, we, if we're honest, the three for Sydney are just a tiny bit better overall talent-wise, again, than, than this. So this will definitely be an interesting test for this Western Bulldogs team. So I'm I'm super excited, but a, a, a win. A win is a win for the Western Bulldogs at this point. You go top of the ladder with, with Melbourne stumbling against GWS. So I, there's a lot of happy, happy Bulldog fans right now. But I'm very, very intrigued for this game this week because if Sydney were to somehow pull off a win this week, I'm interested to see what the narrative will be. I think there's a lot of hope for Sydney, especially after their their respective performances this season. Of course, we're going to get to our tipping here in a moment. But first, Donnie's team of the round. Let's hear what you got from this one. I, you have to have probably not the easiest week of selection, but there's a lot of names that you certainly could find here. So I'm excited to hear what you got. Oh man, this I I completely agree with you. This was not an easy round for well for forwards just because of the fact we have so many guys kicking four and five and six goals. So, so the forwards kind of came a little bit easier. It was the midfielder who had so many great great performances on this. So let's let's hop into it. Team round of of sixteen. We'll jump on to the defenders because you start with defense first. We'll start off with Saint Kilda's Bradley Hill disposals three intercept possessions three score involvements four marks three clearances two tackles and 710 meters gain weeks to norse aaron hall who's been on my list a lot 31 disposals a behind three intercept possessions a goal assist seven elements 13 marks three tackles and 656 meters gained for Mr. Hall. Melbourne's Christian Salem finds his way back into my team of the week. 31 disposals, a goal, five intercept possessions, score involvements, nine marks, three tackles, and 509 meters gained. The Western Bulldogs' Bailey Dale, 23 disposals, goals, four intercept possessions, seven score involvements, four marks, 
and 602 meters gained. Collingwood's Chris Main, 26 disposals, four intercept possessions, three score involvements, eight marks, five tackles, and 371 meters gained. Wrapping up the defenders is Ports' Darcy Bryce Jones, 29 disposals, eight intercept possessions, three score involvements, six marks, three clearances, three tackles, and 356 meters gained. We jump to the big man in the middle, and we have a new guy taking over the rucking battles, and that is Frio's Sean Darcy. 20 disposals, a goal, a behind, three intercept possessions, nine score involvements, eight marks, six clearances, 40 hitouts, and 284 years gained for the big man from the Frio Dockers. We jumped to the midfield, and boy, oh boy, did we have some amazing performances here. We will start off another BOG for Mr. Darcy Parrish of the Essendon Bomber. 43 disposals, a goal, 10 intercept possessions, a goal assist, seven score involvements, five marks, 13 clearances, five tackles, and 908 years game, Mr. Parrish. As I just stated in our in our in our last game review, Western Bulldogs Tom Libertre hops in with 25 disposals, two goals, two behinds. Eight score involvements, six marks, eight clearances, five tackles, and 387 meters gained. Another outstanding performance by Port Adelaide's Ollie Wines. 43 disposals, a behind possessions, six score involvements, three marks, 13 clearances, seven tackles, and 616 meters gained. And I'm glad to finally be able to put this gentleman in my team of the week, Geelong's Patrick. Dangerfield, 37 disposal goal, four intercept possessions, two goal assists, eight score involvements, 11 marks, 11 clearances, four t- and 185 meters gained. Rounding out my midfield, Frio's Andrew Brayshaw, 28 disposals, two goals, six intercept possessions, five score involvements, eight marks, five tackles, and 299 meters gained. We jump to the forwards. There's going to be a lot of goals. In this particular forward line, we start off with Geelong's Tommy Hawkins, 15 disposals, six goals, a behind a goal assist, nine score involvements, and six marks for him. Richmond's Tom Lynch, 13 disposals, five goals, two behinds, seven score involvements, six marks, and 317 meters gained. Port Adelaide's Charlie Dixon. 14 disposals, four goals, two behinds, a goal assist, nine score involvements, two marks, and four tackles for Mr. Dixon. North Albans, Cameron Zerha, 14 disposals, four goals, a behind, two intercept possessions, a goal assist, eight score involvements, four marks, 304 meters gained. The Western Bulldogs, Cody Waitman, 13 disposals, four goals, a behind, three possessions, two goal assists, 10 score involvements, seven marks, and 292 meters gained. And rounding out an amazing round of goal kickers would be Brisbane's Lincoln McCarthy, 16 disposals, four goals, two intercept possessions, a goal assist, eight score involvements, six marks, three tackles, and 379 meters gained. We jump now to the bench. I just mentioned him in our last game. Our ruck for this week will be North at North Melbourne's Todd Goldstein, 14 disposals, two goals behind, six score involvement, seven marks, three clearances, 
30 hitouts and 258 meters gained for the North Mel the North Melbourne uh, Ruckman defender Sydney Jordan Dawson 25 disposals two goals six intercept possessions six score involvements five marks three clearances two tackles and 386 meters gained our midfielder would be Norse Ben Cunnington 26 disposals two goals two behinds three intercept possessions eight score involvements eight marks nine clearances seven tackles five and 14 meters gained and last but not least our forward i had to give him it because he had an incredible performance on thursday night footy gold coast ben king yes. 13 disposals four goals a behind a goal assist 10 score involvements seven marks and 254 meters gained for the gold coast full full forward and that ladies and gentlemen is my team of round an incredible footy tons of goal scores Wow, that was fun to put this team together. Oh man, I would just love to see one of these round, one of these uh, team of the rounds that you make, just be able to make an all-star kind of appearance and play on the same team against one poor, poor team that would have to go up against that. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, but power ranking time, baby! Round seventeen power rankings. We have some changes to be had from last round. A little bit of reshuffling of the deck is what it was. And Donnie, I swear, another round. I said this like the last four rounds, I think. Another round, another same five teams that we give you <laughs> with just one change here. Uh, but I'll keep saying it. Great minds think alike. And this is another example of that. Both of us, the top three was the same. If you go through it, Brisbane is still at the top. Geelong is going back right there at number two, though. And the Western Bulldogs, although they might be at the top of the league, neither of us really have a whole... Like, we still have confidence in them. They're, we just don't see either of them being better than Brisbane and Geelong at this point. But 4-5 and five is where it gets tricky. So what does yours look like? Oh, okay, so my number four, I have Port Adelaide just because another, another win over Hawthorne, playing better, and... I, I, I have to be honest, my four other teams, Brisbane, Bull, Brisbane, Western Bulldogs, Geelong Port, all won. Melbourne mm -hmm. didn't. I'm, I really don't have a fifth team to, to knock Melbourne out because, well, Sydney's lost their last three. West Coast has lost two of their last three. And Richmond's lost two of their last three. And Gold Coast and GWS is kind of the same. Melbourne is there because they still have one. So I have Melbourne at five, Port at four, Geelong at three, Western Bulldogs at two, and the Brisbane Lions. Again, these it's hard to argue that these are not the five best teams right now. Who It's hard to say these are not yes. the five best teams to fight for the flag this mm -hmm. year. I like Sydney. I like West, I like West Coast. I like GWS. I'm just not sure if those teams are going to be in the picture come um, – whips are cracking come the finals time when it comes to preliminary final and final mm -hmm. but you never know it'll, it'll just depend on matchups and who plays who but this brisbane team is playing so well it's hard not to have them as one bulldogs played a north melbourne team not as impressed as the previous time so you can't really them geelong gets a will they take a little bit of a hit with that loss of jeremy cameron Port playing better again, a Hawthorne team that's kind of on and off. And then again, unfortunately, that Melbourne stumbles against GWS. So we see 
now the medal of North of Melbourne with a, a difficult Port team coming up this week. Yeah, for me, I actually have Port and uh, Melbourne flipped on this one because I had Melbourne in number two last round, and so I they're obviously going to drop. But I still think that one hot. This is a really solid GWS team, uh, definitely finals team. And so I don't want to kick them down three notches for losing. I'm okay with two. And still, I have more confidence because, I mean, right now, why I see Melbourne and Port Adelaide really competitive and pretty identical in terms of comparing the two. But when, so when, at least in my mind, when I go, and I feel this pretty much the same way about two teams where they are currently, I put them up against each other. And which team do I have more confidence in? Right now, that is still the D's. I would, I need. It's a huge proof of game for Port Adelaide uh, this in round seventeen against them. So that's definitely going to determine it. And honestly, uh, Sydney was really close to getting into the top five after their huge win over West Coast. So with another solid performance next week, we might be able to finally see a new team break into the top five. But I would love to, as always, love to know what you guys think of this. Drop your top five teams and your parent rankings in the comments on YouTube or let us know on social media on Twitter at 4th Long Radio or Instagram at 4th and Long Radio. Don't even need to say to leave a comment on YouTube because you guys always do and it's always, always much appreciated. But Donnie, let's cap things off here. Let's go into our round 17 tipping and... It really has a solid game to get us started. A huge top four matchup here with Port Adelaide in Melbourne taking place at the Adelaide Oval. Let's start off with a bang. Who you got in this game? Oh man, this literally is gonna be bang. I'm 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 sorry to say I'm sorry to say this, Melbourne fans. I've given you a lot of love all year, but I'm gonna go Port on this one. I think Port is playing better. This is on the road. Melbourne did not. Well, the last time they played over in Adelaide, and I think this Port Adelaide team is better than mm-hmm. the Adelaide team that they lost to. Being completely honest with you, un- unless I see Ben Brown on the Melbourne team sheet, I'm concerned Melbourne could get blown out in this one because I think Port is playing better. There are rumors. I'm not have not 100% confirmed this that young superstar Butters may be back as early as they to play for port, which would be an absolutely electric addition to this Port Adelaide team who is missing uh, Fantasia, but is still playing really, really well. I'm going to keep my ear to the, to the floor on this one to hopefully see if that comes true. Cause if it does, I'd be even a little bit more concerned as a Melbourne fan, because that is, that is an amazing end for port. If they can bring in Zach butters for this one. Wouldn't that be neat? Uh, yeah, it's hard to tell because you gotta see. I guess that those couple names I just threw off are going to be on, and I know that in the, my pair rankings, I just said that I have more confidence in Melbourne than I do Port Adelaide. It's really close, and especially I think the the thing that puts this game over is that it's taking place in the Adelaide Oval, and you made a great point with the um, these losing to the Crows at the same venue. It might be a tough place to play again, especially with how much is on the line and how competitive these teams are. I'm going to be with you and go with Port Adelaide, but I wouldn't say I'm rooting for Melbourne, but there's a part of me that wants to see me kind of prove 
people wrong about them and maybe see a complete offensive performance. So I guess only time will tell um, with this Thursday night game. Now the next one going to Friday. We have a couple ones on this evening. We have Essendon and the Adelaide Crows first off in Marvel Stadium. And I am going to roll with the Dons on this one. I think the Bombers get it done. It's going to be interesting to see how Taylor Walker comes into play if he's available and fully healthy for this game. Obviously, if he isn't, I'm picking Eston 10 times out of 10. If he is, I'm just picking Eston 8 times out of 10. Oh, this is the game I, I, I really, really want to know. Is Taylor Walker going to play and how healthy is he? If he's anything less than 90%, I'm I'm concerned this could get ugly for Adelaide very, very quickly. Essendon, I don't know. They hit a wall a little bit. I'm a tiny bit concerned on that, but I'm going to tip the bomb. I pull my tips up. I had them just a second ago. Uh, I have Essendon winning this one. I, I just wanted to double check. I was like, my mind like their half site. Yes, I have I have Essendon winning this one. It's in Victoria. They always play Victoria really well. I think Geelong, they kind of, they ran out of steam. The, 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 it was a long, long ground, which I think disadvantaged them a little bit. Um, Adelaide doesn't have the tall defense or the intercepting defenders that, uh, that Geelong has. So I think Essendon will have a lot more success. I have the Bombers winning this one. And then the other Friday night game is going to be Hawthorne and Frio. And unfortunately for Frio, it's been a good Hawks team. And this game is taking place in Tassie. So, I mean, we all know how the Hawks play up there in that part of the country. So, um, I'm rolling with Hawthorne in this one. Unless Fremantle could magically fix their goal-kicking accuracy, I think it's going to be a long game for them. Um, me being at the University of Tasmania, Hawthorne plays Tassie so well. I, I I think there's a little bit of a blip this week playing a really good Port Adelaide team. Frio, I think, is is it, they're reeling a little bit after this Carlton loss. I, I think that really dented their ta- their, their their confidence a little bit. I'm gonna go Hawthorne on this one. Sorry, Frio fans, that I just I feel much more confident down in Tassie with Hawthorne than I do Frio at this point. Yeah, it's a tough one. And then moving on to our Saturday slate of the games, we've got Carlton and Geelong at the historic MCG. And, man, if Geelong keeps things rolling, Carlton might be riding a little bit of a high, but even with Jeremy Cameron uh, being out for this game, I, will, I, I love Geelong in this one, and it shouldn't be too close of a game. If it is, I wouldn't be surprised, but this should still always be four points to the Cats. Yeah, this this is one. I think even without Jeremy Cameron, I think Geelong just has a little too much. They're going to put so much pressure on this backline to play perfect footy, and they're 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 notorious for having an error at the worst possible times. So I will tip the Cats in this one. And the next game is an interesting one because we just talked up this St Kilda team is one of these ones, one of almost any non-top eight team that you really don't want to overlook. And if you're the Brisbane Lions, this is a crucial game. This kind of has trap game written on it. Uh, you could, I could definitely see this. I think Brisbane is a smart enough team where they don't really fall into it. And uh, this is, I, I mean, I haven't heard this venue before. It, the stadium's name is To Be Confirmed. So I'm really looking forward to this brand new stadium, I guess. Uh, but as of recording, 
things still aren't set. It is looking like it's going to be taking place in New South Wales, although it's still subject to move. So the stadium may play a role in this one. But I think ultimately Brisbane has more than enough talent to get things done if they play their style of footy. Okay, going to warn quick. I think you're going to get nipped in the comment section a little bit because uh, Brisbane is in Queensland, not in New South Wales. No, I mean, not. sorry, <laughs> the game's taking place there, not the team. Excuse me. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I think New yeah. South New South Wales is where the, the majority of, of the cases are, so I'm highly doubt to be in New South I'm Wales. Just, it's either going to be... With this information, just, but I'm just going off of what the AFL is giving me right now, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so so New South Wales must have really made all those disappear very quickly. I would I would think they would try to get this up in Queensland because that's where it's supposed that's where it's originally supposed to be. Hmm. Um, I, I think I, I I have heard talk this this one or another one could be at Ballarat. That's definitely a possibility. I don't think it really matters no, honestly not. where it's played. I think Brisbane I think Brisbane wins this one mm-hmm. just because. I don't think St. Kilda has the correct horses to stop the Danahers, the Hipwoods, the Camerons, the the Baileys, Lincoln McCarthy's playing well. They've got so many weapons right now up front. If Lucky Neo comes if Lucky Neo comes back, he'll have a week of rest on that body. I think he'll still play really well. This is just such a good Brisbane Lions team. I just have a hard time seeing St. Kilda knock them off. So I have the Lions in this one. Mm-hmm. Definitely reasonable there. Now with the GWS Giants and the Gold Coast Suns, this is a game where as a Giants fan, I'm a little bit worried about this one because we know Gold Coast's performance late in the season. We know how the Giants like to blow really good opportunities. And this has a Giants choke job all over it. But I have confidence, maybe a little bit too much in this team. I like the Giants, but man, I'm going to be I'm going to be white knuckled watching this entire game of football until that final siren sounds. The only thing that I think, I think GWS is much more healthy. I think there's a lot more structure to them. So I'm not as worried for GWS as I was for Richmond. Like Richmond, I could see some danger signs on the horizon going into that one. I think GWS coming off a big win. I agree with you. There is a tiny chance you could see a letdown because they're like, you beat Melbourne. Great job. You're in the finals. And this is the week where you see Gold Coast on and you kind of that, that proverbial trap game mm-hmm. uh, in American sports, that, that team you overlook, the team you're not expecting. So do keep an eye on this one. I think I think Gold Coast, I think Gold Coast is, is sneaky, but going to go GWS on this one. I think Jeremy, I think coach Cameron has got them playing good footy right now. I, I think they're just going to have a little too much, especially if they put Mumford in the ruck. I think he's going to terrorize those young ruckmen for the goal. I think GWS wins this one, but I, I it will not shock me if gold coast stays in this one because they're playing with a ton of confidence right now. Yeah, they do. And it's that confidence that could be really scary. Like um, to a team like the Giants, I kind of, Pick and choose when they want to show up, so it's it's going to be be an interesting game. That and now I think this at least besides the Port Adelaide Melbourne game has a chance to be one of the most pivotal games on the fixture, and that is the Western Bulldogs and the Sydney Swans. Right now, this is taking place at Marvel Stadium, and man, it, it, especially going off of what we saw last round, yes, Western gets the win, but it's a little bit lackluster against North Melbourne team, but they do play well. The Sydney Swans, they get a huge win 
over a top eight team, but West the West Coast has been kind of struggling a little bit suspect recently. I am going to tip the Sydney Swans in this one, but ah, oh, this is such a this is a really hard one for me to pick because there's you can make an easily make an argument for either teams for totally different reasons. If Sydney could avoid the slow start, which kind of dooms them in a lot of these big games, if they're able to get things going, get things fast, and maybe get Buddy Franklin rolling early, then this could be a really hard game for the Western Bulldogs, especially if, I, I think this game is probably going to be taking place, kind of what you mentioned when we were looking at the Western Bulldogs against the North Melbourne Roos game. It's going to come down to the midfield battle, and I think Sydney might actually be able to edge them out on this one. Oh, man, this one... It's the it's the arena that it's the stadium that they're playing at is the thing that concerns me as a Swans fan. The Western Bulldogs play Marvel Stadium so well; it really fits their style more than any stadium throughout all of Australia. If if it were up to me, as a Swans fan, I would have preferred the MCG here because the MCG fits a little bit more of what. Sydney wants to they want open space they want ground Marvel is a quick deck which I think really fits the Western Bulldogs I, I'm gonna play the re, I'm gonna play the reverse psychology on this one I'm gonna tip the Western Bulldogs I'm going to be cheering so hard for the Swans in this one I think Western the Western Bulldogs have just a tiny bit too much in the in the midfield Bonson Pelly is an absolute animal as much as I would love it, I don't know if Sydney's got somebody that can neutralize him enough to to impact the game. I think Buddy still has a really good game because I I think Alex Keith. I don't know if Alex Keith can shut him down. I think this could be one of those a lot like the Frio game. I think Buddy could kick five and, and Sydney loses and, and Sydney falls by like eight because it, this is going to be a close game. The midfield's going to be a fun battle to watch. I, I really want to see. Does Jamar Google Hagen get his first game as a Western Bulldog in this game with Aaron Naughton going down? This mm. opens up a spot for Jamara to potentially play, which will be quite an interesting little matchup there is you have Bunnicklin and the kid that's being compared to him potentially on the same field at the same time. So that's it's a little side story. We'll have to see if that comes true. It'll it'll really be interesting to see. Like I said, I'm going to tip the doggies. I think this is under goal. I think this is game of the round for sure of this round. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, wouldn't that be one hell of a clash of storylines right there? Now, our Sunday game, um, Sunday, I guess this is going to be Sunday afternoon for you guys over in Australia. This is Richmond and Collingwood. And I would have loved, I would love to give, tip Collingwood this one. I don't think we see three losses in a row for this Richmond team, especially against the lower teams like they have been. I'll tip Richmond at the MCG, but Collingwood's going to be in this one. Oh, boy. You ready for this? Please give it to me, Donnie. I'm going to tip. I'm tipping, I'm tipping the pies on this one. Oh, because Basher Hooley, Basher Hooley, unfortunately, is hurt. I don't think he's going to play in another defensive injury is not what this Richmond team needs. Yes, you get Tom Lynch back and he kicks goals, but as we saw last week against a depleted Gold Coast team, the, this Tigers team defensively, if you can, if you attack them, 
through the corridor and you attack their gaps, you can open them up and you can score on them. Collingwood has just enough weapons in the midfield and up front. I think they're going to give the Tigers issues. I'm going to tip the pies on this one. (laughs) I really hope that comes true solely so we can see the kind of reaction that Richmond fans might be able to give us on social media if they were to drop three games like that in just really brutal fashion. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I don't have anything against Richmond fans, but they do uh, bring the comedy when it comes to reactions on losses and, and what they bring on social media. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. But we're going to cap this round off with a game between the West Coast Eagles and the North Melbourne Brews. And I swear, Donnie, if this wasn't at Optus, I would be tipping North Melbourne so hard in this one. But it's at that damn stadium, and it's always hard to to pick against West Coast no matter their struggles. But I really would not be surprised if the Brews get get the win in this one. Really would not be surprised. Um, if the talk that I'm hearing, because this game is actually going to be Monday, which is going to make my team of the week fun next, because I'm literally going to have to watch this game in the morning and then spend all day trying to get the team together. So, right. so just warning you, Ross, the team, team of the week is going to be later. <laughs> going to hey, be a full day later than it normally <laughs> is. Cool nah, but it'll be fun. Um, if I hear correctly, it sounds like there there's a potential absolute full house for this game out in Optus Stadium. <gasps> so... That's good. As much as as much as I as much as it would be great to watch the Ruse find a way to knock off the Eagles and just to see the insanity <laughs> that the bottom of the ladder could take on if some of these games go the way they could. I I, I think a full crowd. Liam Ryan will be back, which for some reason Liam Ryan tends to be some kind of that little stabilizer for this West Coast team, which he wasn't in this game against Sydney, which I I you could almost make an argument. They missed him in this last game. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to tip the West Coast Eagles, but I'm with you. If, if the if the Ruse find a way to win this one with the putrid and tepid performance that West Coast put on, it, it will not surprise me because this Ruse team is playing better footy. They're, they seem fearless. They're young. They don't care, and they're just getting after it as much as they can. So it'll be it'll be an entertaining game of footy on a Monday morning. Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting one. And man, ah, if it, depending on how a few of these games go, this, could, this could, might be one of my favorite rounds of the year, just based off results and seeing what teams might build to win and what fan bases might be really, really hurt uh, after this round of footy. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We really do appreciate each and every one of you amazing people that tune into the show especially the ones that listen in on a weekly basis truly do appreciate all of you and love all of you and hope that you have another fantastic weekend i guess maybe with the monday the thursday it's going to be more than half your week is going to be watching footy as well it seems like at least in the states so enjoy the hell out of that and donnie your thoughts of round 17 in one word or phrase Oh, anticipation, because if, if a couple of these tips turn out the way I want them to, the anticipation of the reactions are, are what I'm anticipating and cannot wait to see. Like I said, I, I, I am not tipping against Richmond 
for for anything more than just the fact that I, I the reactions could be absolute gold to watch them come in. So anticipation is what I have for this round. <laughs> I love that right there. But this is fourth long. This is the American voice of the AFL. And we'll see all of you amazing people after a possibly insane round 17. And uh, if Richmond loses to the Magpies, please stay safe on Twitter. <laughs>